So, um, uh, one or two of you will know that uh, Chuck and Taran have got a, uh, a wee Cavapoo dog called Teddy, and we've been looking after him for the past week. And uh, this morning, I, I took him out bright and early. It was uh, half past seven this morning, and um, the, I have to say that it was a, be- a really beautiful uh, sunrise. Looking out to sea, it was bright orange. Absolutely amazing. And, you, you know, as I was wa- walking out there, just thinking, isn't God amazing? How, you know, God's majesty, his creativity, creating this world that we live in. But it was soon to change. As I drove into church, uh, through the lashing rain, dark clouds, heaviness, you know, it felt a bit oppressive. But I think as we were singing this morning, you know, we, t- we sing about Jesus. He makes the darkness tremble. So I think, you know, as, as uh, Nikki said this morning, that, you know, maybe for some of us, that's how we feel. We feel that there's a heaviness, a darkness surrounding us. Uh, but with, with Jesus on our side, you know, he, he's there fighting our corner. He can lift the darkness. He brings hope. So this morning... We're going to be continuing our journey through Ephesians, and we're in, uh, still in chapter 1, and this time we're in verses 15 to 23. Yes? If you need a Bible, why don't you put your hand up? And if, if you don't have a Bible at home and you would like, you can, you can take one of the Bibles. Here we go. Yeah, so we're, we're continuing our journey through Ephesians. And I think, I just wanted to give a wee bit of context, a bit of background about Ephesians. And basically, just to say that it diff- when you read it, it does differ considerably from his other, from, it's a letter that Paul has written, and it differs considerably from his other letters. None of the usual personal greetings. It's more of a general letter to a group of believers. Uh, it doesn't deal with any particular problem, or it doesn't provide any news. Even the words at Ephesus were missing from some of the early uh, manuscripts, which makes scholars, scholars believe it was more of a circular letter written to a group of churches, a group of believers, which is in western Turkey, of, of which Ephesus was the most important. And, and Paul wrote the letter to encourage Christians to pre- persevere in their faith, and to remind them of some basic truths and responsibilities about being a Christian. And if you were here last Sunday, you would have heard Chuck. He preached on verses 3 to 10. And basically, what he said was, and when you read Ephesians, basically, the Christians around Ephesus had every spiritual blessing made available to them. And Chuck went on to explain that we have those same blessings and he talked about three types of blessings. Firstly is we're blessed with security. And we sang about this this morning. You know, we are adopted. We're part of God's family, part of his family forever. He's given us sonship. And that, that is the highest possible status. And it was predestined for us. I know we don't like to use that word, but what that basically means, he chose us. We sang, again, we sang about that this morning. He chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us. 
And then secondly, we're blessed with freedom. For a, for a lot of us, we spend our lives trying to break the things that have got a hold of us. And through Jesus, we can get freedom from these things that hold us. And thirdly, we're blessed with purpose. So one of my favorite TV programs is Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> yes. And as you know, it's basically about a, a group of uh, antique dealers or antique specialists who travel around Britain and then the public bring their antiques to get looked at and be valued. And earlier this year, someone brought along a small um, a regimental emblem and it was, a th- what it turned out to be, it was a 13 centimeter high Fabergé flower. And it was valued at a million pounds. It's quite, it was just quite incredible. And the reason I love the program is I just love to look at people's expressions when they bring their antiques and they get told that it's valued at much, much more than what they thought. I think they didn't really appreciate the value of something that they had in their possession. And as we look at this passage, I'm going to start off with a question. Could the same be said of the Ephesian Christians? You know, we got told last week they had every spiritual blessing. But did they actually know what that meant for them? Did they fully understand what God was making available for them? Did they understand there is more? And I think, that, I think this passage is equally applicable to us this morning. We've, you know, we've been blessed with the same blessings, but we do, do we really understand what that means for us? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. So we're going to, we'll read a passage now, and it will come up on the screen. So it's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, And your love for all God's people. I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The glorious Father. May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance. And his holy people. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You know, isn't that a fantastic prayer that Paul has just prayed? What a great example. And I think we should be following that when we pray for others. You know, Paul thanks God for him. He asks that they may have wisdom. He prays that they will know God better. He prays that they will know real hope and experience God's power. So, 
let's let's dig into it in a bit more detail. So, so the first, just in verse 15, so he's praising the, Christ, the Ephesians for their faith in the Lord Jesus and the love for God's people or other believers. What they're doing is they're demonstrating two things. They're, they're demonstrating the vertical relationship of Christianity. That's love and continued faithfulness towards Jesus. And they're also showing the horizontal relationship of Christianity, which is their love towards other believers. And I think these are two important statements which neither of them can be neglected. You can't be faithful to Jesus and not love other Christians. Nor can you love Christians rightly and not be faithful towards God. Jesus himself says the two greatest commandments are to love the God, to love your God with all your heart and also to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we're called to live beyond ourselves. We're called to live for Christ and for one another. You know, I was thinking... Wouldn't it be amazing if somebody wrote to City Church, Stenhaven, saying they'd heard of our faith in Jesus and how we loved all God's people. And they were continually praying for us, standing in the gap, praying for more for us. How encouraging would that be? You know, our uh, vision statement is God is calling us to be a worshipping community of Jesus followers. And that reads very much to me like what Paul is talking about here. You know, I, I really love it when I hear about how our church family responds and cares for others, and not just in the times of need. However, I think back when, uh, when I personally was on the receiving end of loving care when Brenda was in hospital last year, and it wasn't just with meals, which I have to say is a truly amazing ministry in this, in this church. But it was more about the emotional support and the love that was shown. You know, time and time again, people went out of their way to stand alongside me, to be with me, spend time with me, and also be with me as I was in hospital and, and visiting Brenda. And I think this, again, is just another example. This is the type of love that Paul is talking about. I'm showing my age here, but I've been working for 35 years now, so you can kind of work out how, how old I am, but I've worked in many places and I've done loads of different things. But the, what I've, the thing that I've learned, the thing that motivates me most is the people I work with more than anything. You know, it's great to be part of a successful project or part of a growing company, but for me, it's the people I work with. That's what motivates me. And more so, helping others to be successful. That's really gives me greatest pleasure. However, working in, you know, in the working world, there can be superficiality about our relationships. And it's, a, you know, with an element of what can you do for me? But for a community of believers like us, it's not about what we can get out of a relationship. It's more about what can we bring to a relationship. That's what's important. And again, that's what that's the love that Paul is talking about here. 
You know, we know as a church, life can be messy. And it can be difficult at times. Building relationships takes effort and sacrifice. You know, we live in a self-centered culture. But, and sadly, sometimes that can creep into church. But God didn't design us to be alone as Christians. He wants us to be in a church body, just like this, where love and good deeds can be lived out among family. You know, everybody needs to be connected in, not only come here on a Sunday morning, but to be connected in the small group. And, you know, Brenda and I would encourage everyone to be part of a small group. And in Hebrews 10, 24, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And I've just got a couple of questions for you here. Who, you know, think about here, think about small group. Who can you build up and encourage and love? Who can you draw alongside and spur on and pray for? I um, I was... um, I use Twitter, I kind of follow a few folk, Chuck included, and something came up uh, yesterday, and I just want to say, just a, somebody put this, state, this saying up, saying, do all the good you can to as many people as you can, as often as you can. And I think this is that's just what Paul is talking about in this, this passage. So moving on, um, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, and um, I'm going to call them, I'm going to look at four different things, and I'm going to call them the four mores. So the first thing is, know him more. So in verse 17, Paul prays that the Ephesian believers would grow in their knowledge of God. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. This is it. The, the, the Christians in Ephesus said every spiritual blessing and strong faith, yet Paul still prays for them. Why? Because I think although they had the full power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit resided within them, they had not accessed everything that was a, a, that God had made available. They would still some growing and learning to do. And that, you know, that just sounds like me. How about you? You know, the Greek word translated as no in the NIV Bible is epignosis. And what that means is the fullness of knowledge gained through personal acquaintance. So, you know, what's the, what's the difference between knowing about somebody and knowing them personally? You know, we can read a book about someone, we can, like a biography, or we can look, up, look them up on LinkedIn or Facebook. Maybe they're famous enough they could have their own bit in uh, Wikipedia. You know, we all know stuff about the Queen, Robbie Williams, Donald Trump, but do we know them personally? 
you know, we don't have a personal relationship with him. And I think at times we have that same level of understanding with God. We've got no, there's no depth in our personal relationship with him. And again, this is exactly what Paul is praying for, that we may know him better. We may know our father better. You know, we, we can say we're Christians because of a point marked in time when we gave our life to Jesus. But that's not the end of the story. It's just the beginning of a wonderful journey and a wonderful relationship with Jesus. And again, you know, what are you doing to purposefully, you know, get into know God better? Is there something else you could be doing to experience God, his character and his ways? You know, when you meet someone for the first time, you gather a bit of information about them, don't you? Maybe, And then maybe you go out for lunch and you find out more stuff. But it's surface stuff, isn't it? It's not really until you meet them more often and you get to know them that you really actually learn really mo- who they are and, 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 and the likes. And again, it's, it's the same could be said of God. We need to be spending time with him. And Brenda and I have been married now for 33 years. And I think we know so much more of, about each other than when we first started going out together. And um, when we go out for a meal, and we look at the menu, Brenda can actually, she knows me that well, she can actually tell me what I'm going to choose. She knows exactly what I'm going to choose. But stupidly, sometimes I try to confuse her and just order something something else, which normally backfires because I normally don't like it. But... um, (laughs) So I think, you know, it's just, it's learning to know Jesus, now learning to know God doesn't happen all at once, but rather it happens slowly over time. In fact, our whole lifetime. You know, there's always something more to know about Jesus. And I think the exciting things for for us as Christians is that we will never know the fullness of him. You know, we can't put him in a box. There is always more. So the next thing that uh, Paul then goes on to uh, pray about is their understanding in three specific areas. And the first one is about hope, more hope. And I think what God wants us to have is an expanded understanding, an expanded awareness of the full implications of his calling on our lives. Now, we all need to know the hope that God has called us to. You know, it's not about coming here on a Sunday, singing a few songs, letting some guy lecture to you, and then going home trying to be better people. That's not the hope that we're living under in this calling. You know, we need to know the hope to which we've been called so that we praise God for what he's done and live to the praise of his glory. You know, we've been redeemed by God. We've been chosen by God. We've been adopted by God. We've been made heirs by God. We've been sealed by God. So I think Paul is saying that we really, truly need to understand these things. And I think it's something that we all need to be praying for, for for ourselves today, just as Paul prayed for the Ephesians. 
know, we need to open our eyes. We need to understand the hope we have. You know, the hope of eternal life. And I think, you know, the hope that we have, it's, it gives our lives meaning and value. It gives us purpose in life. And it gets us through those difficult times. So that's more hope. He then goes on to talk about the riches of God's glorious inheritance. So that's more riches. Again, it's similar. Do we comprehend what that actually means for us? You know, sometimes we try to box God up sort of according to human standards rather than the power of God. You know, we can't really compare it against anything that we have. It's way above that. You know, we are God's inheritance. You know, I, th- I was trying to think of some of the, the, the riches of being God's people. And I've listed, I'm going to list out a few. You know, for us, being in God's family means that we will face Jesus. We'll see Jesus face to face one day. You know, it means that we will be in the presence of God. It means that we will be in the comfort of God. Every pain in life will be resolved. You know, it means that we'll see the reward of all that we've been striving toward. You know, I think there's there's just no end to the... To, to its vast wealth and blessings that God has for us. So that's more riches. And the, th- the third in this section is more power. You know, God wants to know, wants us to know the extent of, of uh, God's power within us. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You know, do we actually realize that that power is within us? How incredible is that? And not only that, you know, it's not just about us sitting back and wondering how big God's power is. Paul tells us that the power is directed to us who believe. You know, he's using that power to protect us and to keep us from from the powers of this world. And I was thinking, you know, how do we know this power is effective in our lives? You know, we've, we've seen it written that Jesus was raised from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of God. He is in the highest position, exalted above everything. You know, Christ shows his total victory. He cannot be defeated He's, he has power far above all powers. But the interesting thing is, all this authority is for our benefit. Because God's put all things under Christ's feet and appointed him to be over everything for the church, which is us, for us. So the church has authority and power to overcome all opposition because Jesus is our leader and head. He is Lord of all. And we, we're filled by him. We're filled with and filled by Christ. You know, sometimes we limit how much we can be filled by the Spirit. And, you know, and we should be, every morning, the first thing we do when we get up in the morning is to ask to be 
filled by the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing we should be doing. We need God's Spirit within us. And linking back to about knowing God more, I think the, as we grow and know more of God, our capacity to be filled by Him grows. I've got a simple analogy. Think of a balloon. When you blow into a balloon, it expands. And when we blow into it more, it expands even more. Also at times, sometimes we could be blinded by God's power. We know it's there, but sometimes we don't allow it, allow his power to flow. You know, because maybe we doubt that God will do something. Maybe we don't fully understand his power. You know, Brenda and I are um, involved in Alpha. And normally what happens is we have a, a day away. So it's just so that people, it allows time for people to receive the Holy Spirit. And also just about allowing God to reveal himself in a personal and intimate way. You know, through Alpha, I've been in the very privileged position of seeing many people touched by God, by his Spirit, and being filled by the Spirit for the very first time. However, it doesn't always work out that way. You know, often guests are apprehensive. Fear comes in. Maybe they're unsure. Maybe they're doubting about the whole thing. You know, a few years ago, I was at an Alpha launch event, and I got chatting to a guy who'd been on a, an Alpha course previously, but he'd not been filled by the Holy Spirit. He was afraid of the consequences, and he explained it to me like this. He said he felt he was like an electric kettle that had been filled with water, but he was afraid to actually switch on the power. So he understood the power of God, but he was actually quite fearful of it. You know, Paul tells us God's power is incomparably great. It's beyond comparison because there's no other power in heaven or on earth that can come anywhere near it. You know, like God himself, there is nothing up there on that level we can say God's power is like. The Queen's coronation, she, she was, uh, the, her coronation ceremony took part on the 2nd of June 1953 in Westminster Abbey. And um, there's a lot of pop, a pomp and ceremony, pageantry, centuries old. But there's two things that they do during the coronation. And there's a, a thing called an orb and a scepter. And as each uh, new sovereign, they, they get the orb and the scepter. So the orb, it's a symbol of godly power. It's a cross above a globe. And it, rep- it represents Christ's dominion over the world. And as the monarch is God's representative on earth, the queen, she's, she's handed this orb. But during the ceremony, as she gets this orb handed to her, this is what said. Receive this orb set under the cross and remember the whole world is subject to the power and empire of Christ our Redeemer. This is what said. You know, I think do just again, it's just another reminder for us. Do we remember, do we realize that the world is subject to the power and empire of Christ our Redeemer? 
And I think sometimes we just fail to take all that in. One of my chores at house is hoovering. And being a man, I'm not keen on instructions. Because guess what? There's a bag, with a hoover, there's a bag full of gadgets and accessories that I've never used. I'm sure they would make the job a lot easier and probably a lot more effective. But I've never used it. And I think, and again, in a way, this is a bit like an analogy of us, what we're like with God. You know, we could hamper ourselves by not using all that is available to us, that great power. So I think from this this section of Ephesians, there's, there's four things. Paul is saying, get to know God better. And that's, I think, for all of us, we need to get, we need to know God better. And then from that, we can realise the f- more hope, more riches, more power. And I, I just in conclusion, I think what I just want to say is that you may have only been a Christian for five minutes. You might have been a Christian for five years. You might have been a Christian for 50 years. The, thing, the message you need to take away here this morning is there is more. There is always more. And I just think that is just amazing. And I think there shouldn't be anybody here this morning who doesn't want that. Shouldn't respond by asking for more. Receiving more from God. You know, more hope, more riches, more power.